Blog Talk Radio. Pay us. Extra, at least an extra half million a year. 
So you think there's a torts to play for torts? You have to. <laughs> you get a torts down discount. It's like a handicap. <laughs> it's a handicap. Right. You got to pay extra to play for that, man. I. Uh, uh, live on the we have to we, listen to this. Live on the phone to comment on the McDonough contract. We have former Canadians GM Bob Gainey. Good evening, oh, really? Bob. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Good evening, Bob. Welcome to the program. What do you think about McDonough's contract? Oh, man. Thank you, Bob Gainey. Bob Gainey's still upset. The throw-in in the Gomez trade. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. There, so, one of the uh, You remember those Pink Panther movies with Peter Sellers? Back mm-hmm. in the 70s. There was one of them where, uh, if I remember correctly, the movie ends with the with the chief in a rubber room, and he's writing on the walls or something. I have a very foggy memory on the, on that movie, but that's how I picture Bob Gandy nowadays, in a straight jacket in a rubber room, and you know he's written on the walls is just Gomez everywhere, <laughs> you know everywhere is Gomez. Gomez for McDonough and or Gomez for McDonough and Higgins and Pavel Val, Valentenko. No, that was. Uh... Oh, Bob is just reeling. Still. <laughs> and listen, I was the first. Now listen, I hate to be one of these guys that say I was the first. And this usually me and Jim are always the first. Or right. somebody from the underground is the first. But if you go back to one of my Ranger Crisis videos, I say that we bamboozled Ganey, and it was the day of the trade, and that Bob Ganey must have been smoking some major peyote when he did this deal. It's Bob. Oh, Bob. It's just one of the all-time NHL defensive, defensive forward greats just up-chucking. <laughs> on, on our show On our show Show some respect Oh Bob You just show some respect <laughs> For this blue show on the ground So Under 5 million They locked him up for 6 years He'll be like uh, what 30 by the time he's uh, He gets done here I'm very surprised That they gave him the money that he got. I am. I didn't see it coming. Lenny LaFrisco saw it coming, but I didn't. Oh, well, Lenny. Lenny. Yeah. Lenny. Lenny. I really didn't think Sather. I mean, usually your first contract, they're a little bit prudent on it. But I guess they know Ryan is one of the better shutdown defensemen in the league. I've, I've read that. And apparently he is, and he got richly rewarded for it, and he deserves it because I still think he's still finding his offensive game, and I think he'll he'll be uh, more all around. He's a fantastic young defenseman. Six years, four point seven. <laughs> I <clears throat> I said it during the season. I will say it again. He is their best defenseman. Right there. Right, Bob? <laughs> Rock is uh, also saying only Stoll didn't get the bridge contract. Say they're jumping now- off the bridge. Habs fans <laughs> jumping off 
Bridges. Now, I didn't check Cap Geek. Is McDonough now the highest paid defenseman the Rangers have, or is uh, Stahl getting more? Uh, I believe Stahl is still getting more. Stahl is in the five million range, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, McDonough, I believe, is now the fourth highest paid Ranger uh, behind uh, Henrik, Rick Nash, and Stahl, I believe. That's I believe. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I don't know what they're yes. I don't know what that's they're saying. Stahl's at 3.9. Oh, wow, the back truck. Stall was a, no. I don't yeah, know. I remember I don't he know was under. Four. Oh, Richards. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about him. Oh, <laughs> oh please, Bob. That's <laughs> Mark Stall's thing. Wait a minute. How is this young kid usurping me? Actually, Mark. Does, yeah, Mark's just glad to have Ryan on the team, and hopefully, Mark can get healthy. I'm not sure if after the concussion, Stall could you still use the word usurp. Yes. So we're hoping to have Jess Rubenstein Stein uh, on the show today. <laughs> we haven't heard anything back from him, so this could be a, another cluster talk of a broadcast. <laughs> but what to talk about? What are you laughing about? <laughs> the Rubenstein Stein. Oh, I don't know. Was it just Rubenstein? I guess yeah. That's I, you know, I don't know, and I think we ask him that every time he comes on. <laughs> We forget. I have trouble. I, I can't remember what I did yesterday. Actually, I can. So, did you, were you, uh, I mean, I know you're at work during the day when the free agency was going on and you're working at the blood bank and you're taking blood samples or whatever you do over there. And uh, did you pop out of your ejector seat when Benoit Pouliot? Was signed for one uh, year, $1.3 million? Did you I'm pop a out? Big fan of that signing. It's a very good, prudent move. I think the closer to the cap the Rangers are on July 1st, the better they'll, they'll be. I think the Rangers ought to max to the cap every year on now, like by June 30th. I'm surprised to hear that you you like this signing. Why is that? Because usually they sign somebody that's kind of a third or fourth line guy, and you just go, ah, you make up a nickname for him. Ah, Pouillat, Shmouillat. You know, Poutine. Pouillat, or Benoit Balls, you're going to call the guy. I like any of those. <laughs> you see? Albert Pouillat. That's what I'm saying. So I'm surprised to hear that you like this. I, I like this deal as well. Oh, my beef has always been when they sign, you know, come on, eh, look how much they paid Bugard or Brashear or, you know, those kind of signings. Aaron Asham, who who turned out okay, I could, you know, fine. But, no, these were prudent signings. This guy's put up a little bit of numbers. These are guys I mean, that can help. I mean, for third, fourth-line guy. Yeah, and, and came cheaply. One year? That can't hurt. Right. Uh, $1.3 million. That's chump change. At 20 <laughs> points last year in 34 games. Didn't they only play 42 games last year? 48. What did they play in that? 48. 
All right. So he missed 14 games. And and uh, the other the other signing, Dominic Tyler Moore coming back, coaxed him yeah, out of he, retirement. We may have to use our amnesty clause on this guy. Why? Well, I really did not like Dominic Moore his first time around with the Rangers. He's a former Ranger draft pick, I think, in the third round or whatever. And uh, I guess I used to call him Dominic Moron, and I had like a host of names for him. Then he went on, and he became a very good player. I mean, not like a superstar, but he had a, I know he had one big gear with Tampa, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's good on the penalty kill. He's, he's got some speed, which I think we really we need on the third and fourth line because we got slow and slower with Boyle and Pyatt. So, you know, well, we'll get to that in a couple of seconds. This guy's decent. And, you know, I'm pretty good at face-offs. But going back to the uh, – and then we got him for one year, one million. I mean, but the amnesty thing I'm talking about is because of the, the human interest or the, the, the human stuff that's been going on with him, with his wife uh, dying of cancer last year. He sat out the whole entire year. Um, and I feel like I can't – I don't know – I really shouldn't say this is when Bugar died, we made fun of him that night, but yeah. <laughs> that may have crossed the they line. Hadn't, they hadn't even zipped the bag. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that may have crossed the line, but it still was damn funny. I don't care what it says. But this is not funny to me, and it's almost like I could I can't even bring myself to criticize this guy. But – I probably will, you know, if he does anything stupid or bonehead. But I'm so rooting for this guy. Like, he's my, he's the people's champion. He's my champion. Because he, right. yeah. what a story it would be if he could come back. And there's been a lot of, of tragedy. His brother got, uh, uh, you know, almost decapitated by Bertuzzi. And, I, and, and uh you know, uh, they've had a lot of family tragedy there, and I hope that I'm rooting for it. Right. Well, of course. He's a ranger now. And he, and he certainly got better people to play with than uh, the great Jed Ortmeier or Ryan uh, Holwig. Chad Wiseman? Chad Wiseman? forgot about him. Yeah, I barely, barely remember that guy. So, so what you're saying is that because of the because of the tragedy, because of the hard luck story that Dominic Tyler Moore has become that there that there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a uh, a honeymoon a Dominic Tyler Tyler Moore uh, moratorium if you will he's hands off I, for a while kid little kid gloves little kid gloves all right so he's got what three it's games to produce he gives away a puck then playing a lead to an overtime loss in, in the regular season then. Now I'm just—I guess I'm not saying more of a moratorium. I'm just saying I, I really—I'm a whole. I mean, I, I always hope all new rangers succeed, and uh, but I'm kind of hoping even more. I'm really rooting for this guy. I want—I mean, he's a guy, and I'm glad the Rangers are going after a guy that's a good penalty killer who's got speed. It's same thing. It's the same thing with Puya. Yes. He's a bottom six guy, but he isn't skating in sand. Speed, 
what we need. And these guys can get eight to ten goals. You know, you got to be able to do that. The Rangers have been bereft of any kind of scoring on those bottom lines. And then finally, to round it all off, they uh, signed Aaron Johnson. It was basically an AHL signing. Somebody wrote, the best thing you could say about Aaron Johnson is that he can skate and he can carry a stick. Well, considering that they have Brian Boyle, who can't do either one of those things, this guy is... <laughs> yeah, Brian Boyle. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Jim, Brian Boyle proved you wrong several times. Oh, Over yeah. Over these years in the playoffs. Three, three goals in the playoffs. Oh. Brian Boyle. Nah, he comes Mr. to play when it. He's a different player in the playoffs. They should just save him for the playoffs. He, he, he's a player in the playoffs, period. Uh, I don't know. Okay. But from what I heard about Aaron Johnson, he's basically a, a wolf pack destined defenseman. Um, signed one year, $600,000. Also, as a side note, best friend of Rick Nash. A few people didn't know that. So I now that we can... That. Okay, go ahead. I didn't know that. So we got the Christo kid. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't we learn our lesson bringing in best friends when we had Boros hanging around with Gabrick? Oh, uh, here we uh, go. Because we traded Christian Thomas to get uh, Danny, the Christo kid, was a friend of mine. He's best friends with Stepan. The Count of Monte Cristo? The Count of Monte Cristo. And, and now we're best friends of Rick Nash. Now, for what it's worth, the Rangers think that they absolutely stole Christo. Stole him. Yeah, they think it's a no-brainer. Right, right. I mean, this is, you know. And, and, and like I said last week, the Canadian fans are up in arms about this. And I think he was a first-round pick, a first-rounder like McDonough was. So maybe uh, maybe the, the Les Habitants is turning into our uh, farm system. Yeah, there you go. And they were flipping out, the Canadian fans, because they're like, what, we're getting more midgets? <laughs> Even they know. I said, well, the guy, Christo, has a little bit of a head case problem. He liked to drink and party in college. <laughs> who doesn't? Who, did, who didn't? Yeah, seriously. I went to college when I was 40. Still drinking. <laughs> and I stood at the dorms, too. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, that looks like it could be a big-time deal for the Rangers. He's all close with Stepan. It's Nepotism City back. It'd be a frat. I, I saw Mark Messier on the road the other day. He had, like, one of those hobo bags. <laughs> <laughs> Had a resume in his other hand, looking to, to coach somewhere with no experience. Hey, Mark, how are you? Mark Messier joining the show. Wait, no. still have Bob, Bob Ganey still on hold? Or still on the line there? I see somebody from Skype. You think that could be Jeff? I don't know. It could be. 
Go ahead. Let's bring check. Him on. You want me to bring him on? Sure. Jess Rubenstein, is this you? Oh, let me check. Let me look at my wallet. Yes. It's me. How you guys doing? Besides, hey, Jess, how you doing? Uh, loving these moves. Ah, I'm vacation. Where are you vacationing at? You know what? Yeah, I'm, my vacation is away from hockey. I'm uh, going to school, and this is the time of the year where I really just want to run away and hide because, you know, I was listening with listening to you, Eddie, and a lot of what you were saying is basically how I'm feeling. I mean, you know, these, these moves, these moves that were made, I mean, they just head scratching. And, you know, I, it's, do they have a plan? That's the question I want to know. Uh, probably not, but that's <laughs> never stopped us before. Yeah. Crystal, by the way, was second-round draft pick out of the 2008 draft. Yeah. Oh, second-round pick. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, um, he's a good offensive player. Uh, uh, I got to admit, uh, in that situation, uh, unless something came up, again, character-wise for him, he got, he got in trouble for hazing as a, as a junior. But... Uh, he's, he's an offensive weapon, but he's, you know, it's, you, you gain two inches, really. Uh, that's all you gained. And well, who can't use an extra two inches? Probably Glenn Saylor. <laughs> he's saying he's well hung because, frankly, we meant two inches. <laughs> well, but, yeah. You know, I, I really, you know, I, part of the reason I, I'm kind of like staying away from it is, um, I think the Rangers uh, have kind of lost their direction as to which way they want to go. Um, uh, I'm, I, I am, I live on the West Coast. You guys know that. And I'm like, I live in Vancouver, Washington. And I'm right down the road from Vancouver, British Columbia. And I watch the Canucks. And, and I'm like, well, why did we fire John Tortorella? Just to bring in this guy, because to be honest, Vigneault, whatever name, however you pronounce his name, uh, I listened to the to the news conference when he was fired, and then Mike Gillis said, you know, we're going to want to bring in younger players, and we don't think he's the guy for it. Great. There's Chris Kreider, and there's Michael you know, St. Croix, and, you know, J.T. Miller. I'm going, well, if the guy's scared to play, kids in Vancouver, how's he going to be unafraid to play kids in New York? Uh, well, maybe, well, I don't know. I uh, I think probably when when uh, Glenn Sater sat down with him, uh, he said, you know, uh, you know, basically he's going to have to play the kids. Maybe in Vancouver the pressure was on him to win the cup. I mean, they were so close. Uh, the guys won a lot of games. He's won a lot of games. Well, you guys know me. You know I, I wasn't a fan of Tortorella, but you know I, the only the only difference I see between the two coaches is that um, one's going to be more of a laid back Tom Rennie. I'll talk to everybody. Let me give you a hug, uh, kind of coach. And, we need a hug. Well, I need a hug. By, 
You're not getting one from me. You didn't read the memo. After, I, I'm, I'm, after, I'm after five years of this despot. I'm I, uh, well, I never wanted Tortorella to begin with. I've been honest about it. The one thing, I, you know, and, and I hate saying this, because part of the reason I'm, I once took a vacation, per se, is this is the time of year everybody starts getting nasty and rude to each other. You know, whether it's the the, the bulletin boards, Facebook pages, Twitter, and and I'm I'm sitting here going, you know, um, John Tortorella's firing in my book, me how I how I see things. I go back to three mistakes that Glenn Sather made over the last year, and the first one was letting Brandon Crust and even John Mitchell walk. The total miscalculation on on what Crust Johnny Malkin. Johnny Mitchell, I mean... Uh, oh, Johnny Malkin. I mean, he may not... You really meant the loss of Johnny Mitchell. I respect you on the prospect, but please. Are you are you going to equate that John Mitchell is the, is the reason no, no, the no. New York power play was not good? No, no, you're missing me. Um, oh. Mitchell was... Mitchell I trust were the guys who did dirty work, you know? And... You know, the the mindset that was thinking about Brian Boyle being, you know, the heart and soul was so way off. I think everybody finally saw it this year because without trust, guess who wound up in the press box? And I do and I, and I, and I think that's the first mistake. You know, the second mistake was at the trading deadline trying to, trying to replace Brandon Prust. And the Ryan Clough trade. This was one of the best drafts in years. And I'm talking about really good draft. And I'm not going to complain about the first round pick for Nash. That's a fair price. But losing the second round and the first pick of the third round from the kids, those two picks hurt because the Rangers could have gotten some really, really talented players. And, you know, the third round wasn't too bad. Um, you you know when you once you hit the third round you're going to get flawed players, but out of this entire draft the only real pick that I really liked was uh, the sixth round pick the gold in Mackenzie Slapsky because Slapsky plays for Kootenay and uh, I know the I know the I know the situation up there Kootenay's where Danny Blackburn came from they got a former Hartford coach uh, coaching up there so you know I, I feel good about that pick. But the other picks, yeah, none of them are really something to write home to Mama about. Well, they, they were stuck with three third-round picks. Uh, you know, I got to see some of the, what happened in prospect camp. Uh, everybody seems to like uh, Adam Tambellini. Uh, well, and I figured, I was going to say, I figured you knew, would, would know about Skapsky because he's from the Western Hockey League. You probably followed them and. And seen them, but what do you know? What do you know about Tambellini? Uh, uh, Tambellini, the first, the, the first pick in the third. Well, not first pick, but the first Ranger draft pick in the draft. You know, I I don't mean that he can't develop. Uh, Tambellini is going to North Dakota. North Dakota is one of the top hockey programs in the United States. Um, if he can somehow develop develop his body to absorb the punishment, right now. You put him next to a toothpick, and the, tooth, the toothpick needs 
nice. I watched him a couple of years ago when he was uh, playing for, I think it was Surrey, when uh, Stephen Fogarty was playing in that league. And, you know, he was, he's usually one of the top scorers, you know, in between. And his, his goals to assist ratio is a very good, you know, about 49%. You kind of like to see that. Uh, to me, the other thing is if you, he's going to North Dakota and Dave Hassel, the coach there, that's going to go a long way into getting him into becoming a, a complete player. So I like that pick. Um, Duclair, yeah, um, yeah. He's, an, he's another guy who's very slight. I mean, he's not a big guy. He's he's yeah. he's, he's really fast. He's got great hands, but I mean, uh, for defensemen, I worry about him being able to. I mean, again, these guys are all 18 years old, so you know, there right there isn't too many physical space. I mean, there are there's some of them, but. He looks like he has yeah. another way to go. He's got, you know, um, he's got to work harder the other end on the defensive end, and he's got to he's got to be more willing to go into traffic to make plays. Uh, sometimes you get these five eleven guys, and they're gun shy, and he's a little gun shy. But uh, you know, he's 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 playing in he's playing for Quebec, which is. Kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like the, the the Rangers per se in Quebec. I mean, it's a storied franchise. They expect to win every year. Uh, they don't have Patrick Waugh as a coach anymore, which I think is going to help Duclair because he's going to get a coach who's more of a teacher and it's going to help work on the flaws. And you know, and, and Graves, um, Graves is in a good situation. He plays for the team that used to be known as the PEI Rocket. They're now these Charlestown Islanders, so we'll forgive him for being an Islander. Oh, um, my God. Islander taint. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of bad. You know, this was this was kind of like a year of weirdness. Um, a lot of good teams. Well, if you were good, you were very good. But if you were bad, you were very bad. And... Hmm. There was there wasn't really a middle ground this year, but but you you know the six round tips, Gus Kapsky, uh, you know he he faced he faced the best teams in the Western Hockey League. Uh, he wasn't even expected to contend for uh, a playoff spot, but over the second half, this kid was just awesome. I mean, he he won I think he was, I think he won thirty five games of the year. But 22 of those wins came in the second half, and at one point he was 19-1 and you no know, at zero. And he's hmm. he's the reason Cooney snuck in into the West Hockey Street playoffs. I think I think if his curve continues um, with with Ryan McGill's back as his back as his coach, that he's going to still get better. And right what now, I'd act. I hate to interrupt you, but what kind of what kind of goalie is he? Is he? Is he uh, I don't know. Can you describe his style? He's a hybrid. He, he plays in a little boat. He's good. You know, he, he's a he's an intelligent goalie. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat him with you know a head shake or you know those type of moves. Uh, he's he's a, what you call he's, he's he's annoying if you're an offensive player because if he makes a move. Makes it to the last possible uh, second. He's a 
very good communicator to let the team know what things are. And, you know, he's got very good, solid fundamentals. And, and the, the better part about him, to me, to me is he's level-headed. You know, he's 18 years old, 19 years old, but he's level-headed. And that's really hard to find uh, among teenagers. All right. That's why I like, uh, and I like, I like the way you know he's bounced back from some adversity. I mean, he's been through. He, uh, I think it was a hellacious car accident. Bob went on the team, his junior junior team before this one, and nobody thought he was going to play again. And he's proved them wrong. So he's got a really, you know, good feet on the ground type of attitude that you really want to see. And it's Kootenay. And as far as I, you know, Kootenay has always been a very good team to, you know, to teach people. So I like it for that. Now, just, I mean, we always think about or we always uh, surmise or try to guess what Gordy Clark was going through his mind going into this draft. And, and since the Rangers didn't have any early draft picks, what do you think they were just going for the best available. I mean, I know that he usually goes in with that mindset, but, you know, we saw one year with the McElrath draft, uh, you know, it looked like they were making a statement. They were looking for that that tough blue liner. And then, uh, you know, this this looks like, at least from what I see, is they really went in for some offensive firepower. Well, they needed help everywhere. You know, and I, and I think kind of, I think actually Gordy Clark was a, uh, a little frustrated. Uh, it, it, there were a couple of players that I thought he would have gone for early, and but they, the Rangers are are a team that when they focus in on a player, they don't they don't simply go, no, wait a second, look who just dropped in our laps. They're so focused in on you know, say like in this case, they wanted Tampolini. So that's the only thing they thought of. Because there, there was a, there was a couple of goalies that that uh, unfortunately went to like uh, Pittsburgh picked up uh, Mark Andre Fleury's replacement kid by the name of Christian Gary, and mm-hmm. he played for Edmonton, you know, the same team as Michael Saint Croix, and I saw a lot of him. And that kid was lights out. He had better overall numbers than the guy that started, and he's going to be one of Canada's goalies when the next junior. Tournament starts up. Uh, he's, he's a good kid, and you know, I, I, I think the Rangers, the Rangers, kind of like I said, they're they're, they're treading water. Um, the signings that they made here were kind of like, okay, we we signed guys to sign guys. Um, I think Glenn Sather is kind of panicking. I really believe it. Glenn Sather expected the Rangers to win the Cup this year, and I think the only reason we still see him as the general manager is because he wants that one final run. Oh, so, you, uh, so you're stuck with we're stuck with this guy till he wins? Well, we're never going to get rid of him. He's GM uh, for he's life. It's not because they're he's not GM winning. For it's life. Because it's because Dolan doesn't because Dolan well, doesn't he care. Does. He doesn't hold anybody accountable. Well, the, the first the first thing that gets me with the Rangers is, you know, um, every other team. I, I think I, I'll admit I don't follow the Knicks very well, but um, 
there's a guy that's the president of the Knicks who, who, who oversees the basketball operations, and Glenn Saylor basically oversees himself, and that to me is a dangerous thing to have. I mean, you look around the National Hockey League, you see, you see the teams that have done well, and they don't, you know, they don't have one guy doing two jobs. They have, you know, checks and balances. The Rangers don't have checks and balances. They basically go, okay, Glenn Sather's the guy in charge. And I think Dolan is more involved than people realize. I know he sits in on the organizational meetings, and I know that the, that Sather still has to okay big-ticket uh, big expenses. But to me, the thing that bothers me is that I would I would yank the general manager from 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 Glenn Sather and promote Jeff Gordon before they lose him. I think it, it, in that instance, at least this is my feeling. I have no evidence, but the way it looks to me is like say this like the Wizard of Oz. It, you know, Jeff Gordon is the man behind the curtain, really doing making the signing, signing McDonough. You know, doing the stuff and. and uh, Maybe the maybe I'm foolhardy in thinking that way, but I really think. But you're right, though they do without promoting Jeff Gordon, it could uh, it could uh, be a problem down the line if somebody does say, "Hey, you want to be the GM?" And it's not like say there's going to yield his general managership, so uh, that that could happen. Uh, well, let's go back to some maybe uh, the 2012 draft. The two guys I wanted to ask you, uh, two guys who. Uh, Played in the NCAA, and that's uh, Brady Shea, who's got invited to the World Junior Championships this year. Last year, he didn't make the team, and a lot of people felt he should have. That won the World Juniors. Well, what's your opinion on Brady Shea uh, out of the I University think, of Minnesota? I think people um, people were really harsh on, on on him because he was a healthy scratch on a couple of occasions. But what I don't think people realize is. Brady Shea walked into a team, Minnesota, that was loaded to go for an NCAA championship. And even though he was a freshman, um, people got to realize this is this is junior hockey or college hockey, and you pay your dues. You start at the bottom, work your way up. And I think uh, I think Shea had a pretty good year because even though he didn't have any points and he didn't have he didn't have this and he didn't have that. What he did have was when he did play, they paired him up with with the most offensive-minded defenseman that Minnesota had, and he, the guy named Schmidt, he, had a, he was like third or fourth on the team in scoring. And the good reason why is because he had Shea backing him up on the defensive end. Um, it's, it's not trying to make the comparison, but the best comparison you can make would be um, Shea was the Buka Boom to Minnesota Schmidt's leech. Uh, okay. He could he could take risks. He could he could take gambles. He knew that his back was covered. And I think I so, think going forward you'll see you'll see that from him. He needs more offense. He needs to put a little more offense into his game to keep people you know honest. And other than that. I you know I think he's in, in his own way the best the best comparison actually and I've used it before is he had he had the same kind of freshman season that Ryan McDonough did when McDonough was at Wisconsin. Okay. Exact same and would, one. 
And we're kind of seeing just now McDonough starting to incorporate the offense into his game in, at the NHL level. So, you know, I guess like you said, you got to start off at the bottom and you got to be that defensive defenseman and then be steady. You know, you can't uh, go out there and, and try to, you know, flash and dash all over the place. Well, you so, got uh, you got you got an 18-year-old boy, and yeah. he's playing against he's playing against guys 22, 23, 24 years old. It's not like the juniors where you're playing 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds. You're actually playing against men. You're also having to to have the full time commitment of being a college student, and it's it's a, you know. It's really hard to do when you're 18. And I thought he did a pretty good job. And I think if you ask the Rangers, the the fact that he paid his own way to attend the camp says a lot about his commitment. Because normally you don't see the college kids paying their own way to attend these camps. But right. you saw it this year. You saw Shea there. You saw, you know, um, Blue Nettis. And yeah, that's, even, that's that was the second guy I wanted to talk to you about. Now I just getting oh, back to shit. I saw a couple of interviews with him, and he was upset that he didn't make the World Junior Team last year. He said it was hard for him to watch them win it. When uh, you know, I'm sure as anyone that he would, uh, you know, hard for him to watch it. But uh, they did what they did, and uh, you know, I, I'm glad that he was disappointed that he didn't make it. Uh, I want guys to want to excel at the highest level. So now Boo Nieves. Oh, me I love and him. You and a, me and you and a dog named Boo. University of you. Michigan. I actually watched some NCAA hockey this year. You'll be proud of me. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what, what do you like about Boo? I, I know he's an assist maven, but uh, what about his goal scoring? Give me the whole thing. Well, to me... Um, the first game I saw him play, I think it was like maybe three minutes into the game, and he made a play that caught my eye where he uh, he came in forechecking, and then he saw something, and he backed out of the offensive zone, and he went off to the side. He put himself right into a passing lane, and it was it was almost like he knew what was coming. It's like the, it's like the, the defensive back who's laying back there knowing that, you know, the quarterback's going to throw the ball. He knows where it is. So he puts himself in the position to just run up on it and intercept. And mm-hmm. yet it did that. He, 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 he intercepts the pass. He charges in. He's on one on three. Everybody goes towards him. And he feathers a soft pass to, his, to, to the guy that's behind him. And I don't, know, I don't know how he saw him, but he put it right on his stick for, for, a, minute, for a Michigan goal. And that was that was the first play, and I watched him. Uh, he is an offensive weapon, yes. He's a playmaker, yes. Um, if he gets more on his body, he'll be a better one. Uh, he he can score goals, uh, and I think he you know people see his rap on being a playmaker, but everybody needs playmakers. I mean, you remember you 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 and Jim Bowles remember Adam Oates? I mean, come on. Of course. Uh, what I knew, when did Adam Oates, Adam Oates score goals? It wasn't it wasn't his job to score goals, and he had a pretty good career as a playmaker. Yes, oh sure. Before he turned into a Romulan, yeah. Now he's a he, uh, now he's a Romulan. <laughs> yeah. 
well, flying the bird of prey all over the place. You, you know, you need these type of guys, and I like, I like, I like the fact, I, I like the fact that his defense, you know, um, flew in under the radar. I mean, it, every year when you get guys like this, you wonder about, you know, well, great, he's good, he's good offensively, but can he, can he, can he uh, play D? And and yeah, he's did. And what he's gonna, why? Why was uh, Michigan so poor this year? Usually they have a great program. Uh, they didn't do well. They, oh, by the way, you're getting excoriated in the chat room for that John Mitchell comment, by the way. So your vacation's oh, over. Your vacation is over. I'm only you know kidding. What? <laughs> you know what? I understand the chat room. You know, the, you know. Everybody's got opinions, but you know what they say? Opinions they, are like buttholes. Everybody has one, and they usually stink. Actually, no. I go by, I go by a saying that Gordy Clark goes by, and you're only as good as your last mistake. And everybody's going to remember your last mistake. Nobody's going to remember the ones you got right, but they will remember the ones you got wrong. And, That's true. That's a, a good one. And, and you know, and I'll tell you what. Um, you're and you made a mistake by saying John Mitchell was not going to. Uh... Well, no, I, you know, Mitchell, Mitchell was a fourth liner. Yes, Mitchell, but what Mitchell was compared to what you had on the team this year on the fourth line, other than Asham, you got nothing. You had, you had, you know, Brian Boyle. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad people finally saw the real Brian Boyle this year. And, you know, oh and you know, he. Well, oh, Jim does not like Brian Boyle. I don't know if you've been listening to. It. He, he has a. Well, no, I don't. I, you know, he, I see a guy like that, and he will only fight if the only time he will fight is if the guy's a foot shorter than him, and he's got an arm tied behind his back while in his motorized wheelchair, because. You know, when you're his size, I mean, it, it just boggles the mind. Here's here's Brandon Crust, who was beaten up, hurt, and injured, and you know he come out he come out of a coffin to fight a guy, you know, and that and that just gets me about that's what gets me about Boyle. I mean, Boyle's what six six and two hundred, and I'm pretty sure Hornswoggle the WWE kick his butt, you know. <laughs> Oh. Yes, I don't even know who that is, and I'll agree. Well, you know, fabulous Bullock could have kicked his ass. Well, no. you know, the Hornswoggle's <laughs> the WWE's digit wrestler. Oh, I so. just looked him up. Okay, Hornswoggle. Oh yeah, Lord Tyrion. Who oh, no. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, it's, it's you got you got a guy like Boyle and. He got he got a contract off of one good season, and uh, other than that, I mean, come on, man, well, the Kings Kings didn't know what to do with him because he didn't know what to do with himself. So I, I'm no Brian Boyle fan, and I'm not going to apologize. You know, I I would have like no, I said, I would, I would I would have kept John Mitchell over, you know, Chris Newberry. 
Joni Mitchell over those guys. So we, you know, I'm, you know I, and, I, and you guys know me. Yes, no, I don't. I, I don't like Tortorella. I thought he was. I thought he was a BS person, and I thought. I thought that uh, the one thing he did was basically he created a situation where you, where the, the New York media wouldn't dare talk about, wouldn't dare talk to him. You know, they. I hate his guts. I don't even want to talk about him, Jess. Don't mention his name anymore. Jim and you are barred from this. From mentioning that, that dope's name anymore. I've had uh, enough. We, Let's we, go on to keep we, your fucking discipline here now. We no. now have the man who's okay. Huggy. Call him Huggy. Okay. We'll call him Huggy Bear. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to come in with the the kumbaya, and you know, I love it. You'll see him jogging in Central Park. And I mean, wow. he's a great person, but you know, I'll tell you what. If you want to see, me, if you want to see me cause a riot in your in your chat room here, I mean, hey, chat room. I don't think Henry Lundquist should sign right now. I would tell Henry Lundquist not to sign. I would say wait until January. See what the see what the Rangers look like in January before you sign a contract. To stay with them. Wow. I want us to blow you up. You you, you really have... uh, You're inciting this chat room into a near riot. (laughs) Well, well, you know, if if I'm Henry Blomquist, you know, right now the ball is in status court. What's he going to do? Go to the KHL? No. He'll go up, he'll go up. Get ready to blow them up. Covering the Islanders too long. They can't even get a scoreboard at center ice there in Brooklyn. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, the TV's all off kilter at that joint. No, you know, running out of time. I think, and you mentioned them earlier, Jess, I think the Rangers' best prospect out there, potentially, draft choice. Michael St. Croix of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Oh, yeah. I got to watch him because during the lockout, I got the, uh, the the package there over the internet, so you could watch all the you know all the leagues. Yeah. So I did scouting. I was super impressed by this guy. You see why I call him the Predator? I mean, oh, now you got a nickname for him? Oh yeah, uh, I call him the Predator because he's the one thing that the New York Rangers. Haven't had years. You want to talk about a power play specialist? He led the Western Hockey League in power play goals with 20. You want to talk about a guy who lives for who lives for making the you know making the dirty play? He he's like he's like Jaws the shark. I mean, doo-doo, 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 there's a puck. He grabs it. He scores with it. Um, he knows when the other team's on the ropes, and he goes to make a play. Um, the thing that's driven me nuts about the Rangers when I did watch them was the fact that, you know, oh, hey, we've got a 2 nothing lead. Let's kick back and wait for them to score two to tie it. Um, that's not St. Claude's thinking. St. Claude's thinking is, is real simple. Uh, we're up 2 nothing. Let's make it 4 nothing. Oh, heck, the heck with 4 nothing. Let's get our fans the free tacos by scoring eight. You know, that's his, that's his outlook. And oh, 
I watched I watched him, you know, um Edmonton lost a couple of key players to the injuries in the semifinals and the conference finals and Saint Croix actually put the team on his back and he he carried them into the finals. But you know you know, and this is not a knock on Saint Croix. The uh winter hawks were just too big, too strong to overcome. But uh Saint Croix to me MVP uh, of, of the finals for Edmonton. Uh, they don't even get there without him. I think I think he needs time to build his weight up, but I think he might actually surprise people when he gets there. Um, I I think if the Rangers are still hurting for offense and he gets off to a good start, he will he will he will get up to the Rangers at least at the very least as a power play specialist. Oh, that's good. And he's French-Canadian, which will uh, definitely oh, help him not. with Elaine Vignon. He's not French-Canadian. He, he, well, he's not. No, his father is he, His father is a former NHL player, so he's been Rick like a Saint vagabond. Yes, Saint Rick Saint-Claude, the goaltender? Yep. He wow. Was a goalie with, he was a goalie with those guys 90 miles south of you. Yes, the Flyers. I remember him well. Yeah, uh, his brother, his brother is playing now in Europe. His brother played hockey, and uh, he's—I think—he's very much the best of the bunch. And the thing that really got me about Michael Saint Croix the change is I talked to him, you know, during the year, and he had, he, he bought into his coach, his coach Derek Blackstall. This is a kid. This is a coach. You got to remember his name because he's a. He's an up-and-comer, and he had that team basically all buying into the all-for-one and one-for-all, gung-ho type of mantra. They had T-shirts that, you know, talked about adversity and stuff. And instead of a scorer who wants to talk about his numbers, he was talking about what the team was, you know, accomplishing. It was It was a conversation where... He didn't use the word I, he used the word we. And that's oh, a lot like of that. Yeah, you know, that's a good character. Yeah. And, you know, he's from he's from a family of hockey players, so he knows what he's getting into. And I think you know, I have to I have a lot of respect for Kendra Mander, Jeff Boom, and Pat Bowler as coaches. I I think that I think that they I do have no job. I can tell you right now. I have no respect for Ken Janander. Terrible. Who's he developed, Jess? Who has he developed down there? Give me two Who's players. Oh, let's see. He's gotten, oh, uh, <laughs> the girl he has is a Yeah, bad exactly. Maybe Brian Newberry. No, he, you know, he got uh, Tim Erickson going. Uh, you know, a lot of the problems that the Rangers had with the younger players was he straightened out St. Claude's confidence. And, you know, it, what good was it? The young guys were getting the shaft from Tortorella. And they said, don't use his name. But, um, seriously. If, um, Just said his name again. I can't believe it. Well, no, seriously. I mean, I think Jermander gets a bum rap because... Because uh, he never developed anybody? He's terrible. Oh. He's terrible. I think he's part of the lease agreement over there. They can't get rid of this guy. <laughs> yeah, Eddie, man. 
what was it? What good was it? He had he turned Stu Pickle into a player. John Tortorella turned him into a doorknob. I mean, what the heck? I mean, you can't play. I thought I think with um, what's the guy that went up to Montreal to be assistant coach there? J.J. Uh, Daniel. I think he did a fantastic job with the defenseman. I think Ken Chenanza doesn't teach anything. He's terrible. All right, let me go on. I don't want to get into a whole transgender Janander debate. I don't like the guy. Okay. Right. Okay, because I know you're the man to go with prospects. That's why i got to keep you on task. Stephen Fogarty from Notre Dame. What's his deal? Well, what his deal was, Notre Dame was a loaded team. And in college hockey, he would start at the bottom. And he was a four. He started out at the fourth line center, but he, during the games he would be spotted up on the power play or on the penalty kill. Um, he, you know, offense wasn't what they wanted from him. They'll want it from him this year. He has offense. Um, it's just that he was, you know, taking water, seniority. Right. So I, I see, I do see him, I do see him coming in. I I projected him more as a as a Craig McTavish defensive center who's who's gonna the guy you want out there to take a face off. I mean, mm-hmm. God, um, he's the guy that's gonna face the other team's best face off man, and that's what's good for him. Okay, and now I wanted to ask you this because maybe you have the inside track. Why didn't the Rangers offer Shane McColgan a contract? Um, I don't have the exact words, but I can tell you, based on my experience, it, it came down to progression. And what what that what it really meant was is with the Rangers, you they look at you from the day you're drafted to where you are before they signed you. And he wasn't showing the, the kind of forward progress. He was flatlined. He was stuck right in the 60-point range. He didn't go up a bunch. He didn't go down a bunch. He just stayed 60 points. And you can't do that as a junior, especially when you're only five foot nine. You know, if you're five foot nine and you're you're only putting up 60 points, there's there, there's no real reason to sign. And it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with him as a person. It was just, you know, hey, you're a small guy. You need to come out like tomorrow's your your, net, your last hockey game every night. He didn't. So, he didn't. Uh, you know, I'm there and on the other side, you know, the other fifth drummer, Samuel Norrell. I, mean, well, I was going to bring I, him up. I heard great things about this guy. You know, Gordy and I talked about him in midseason because, you know, I, uh, here's, a guy, here's a guy that, that – that was the third pair defenseman on the worst team in the Quebec League. You know, he was just a fighter and all that. And since the Rangers have drafted him, nobody among the draft picks, and I'm talking about first or any other round, according to Gordy, nobody worked harder at the Rangers facility than Norrell did. I mean, he worked on his skating, he worked on his shooting, he worked on his plays, and he he did the forward progression. So by the time he got to this past year, uh, he worked his way up to the first pair defenseman. He was he was the the defenseman on the power play, and all of his goals that he scored 
were on the power play. So he worked hard, and he stayed clean. Um, you know, it was weird. The only fight that he got into is where he broke his thumb, and he, he missed. Oh. I think they know he does. It was, it was ironic because he hadn't been fighting because that wasn't his job anymore. But he did a great job, and he, you know, I was really scared that the Rangers weren't going to sign him, but I'm glad they did because he's earned the contract. And, I mean, he's the same size as Mapplegraff. The only difference, will I would say, would be in arm reach, and I think Mapplegraff's, you know, the smarter player. Yeah, I liked, I think two years ago at Traverse City, it might have been, I saw in a row, because last year's was canceled. And I thought he was he was raw, but I saw some good things from him. He wasn't dumb. So a lot of these guys no. who like to fight are dumb, and he's not. I like, you know, I like the guys like Norell because they make they make watching the games, you know, really, really a lot of fun because you're seeing somebody growing up, and that's what I get to do over, you know, in this case, the next two years. You know, I, I'm going to watch, you know, Cam, Cambellini, unless he has some kind of massive growth sport, he can sit for four years at, at North Dakota, and by the time he's ready, he'll step right into the Ranger lineup. I mean, you talk about his pedigree. I mean, he comes from a hockey family, too. You know, but at, he can't be 6'2", 169 pounds. And then they tell he's gonna have to he's going to have to put on at least thirty pounds of muscle, you know, to be his size. And he can do it too. I mean, he's a, he's already a good in your corners player, but man, no weight. A toothpick body. And Josh Nichols is another guy, um McCogan's teammate. Mm-hmm. Uh, forty seven goal scorer last year. He can score, and he can he can do a lot of good things. But he's only, you know, he's 6'2", 174 pounds. When you look Whoa. at that. Well, you know, look, uh, just for fast, 5'11", 165. That, that, when, you know, and he who we don't say his name anymore, um, one of his arguments was these guys didn't have the bodies to survive the physical play. All right, well, if you're, you know, if you're in the 160, 170 range, you, you can't argue with, you can't argue with that fact because your body's going to take such a beating that, you know, you're, you're going to be worn down real quick. Well, yes, uh, duly noted. Uh, you know, a lot of people are calling for fast to make the team. Uh, Oscar Lindbergh, another guy you hear, uh, you know, mentioned, and then with JT Miller from last year. So we'll see what happens. Well, Jess, I think, I think really, um, I think Lindbergh will have a quicker adjustment. I, I still don't think Fast is ready for North American hockey, but I think, well, look, Lindbergh six one hundred ninety. He's already got the body defensively. He's already ready for the NHL. It's just a matter of him adjusting. I think he'll be, he won't start the season with the Rangers, but I do believe that he, do believe by midseason, he will be a Ranger. What about your boy McElrath? I got a chance to go down there and watch him uh, a couple games there in uh, 
in Hartford, who's now the Wolfpack again. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, thing. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this when he was in his WHL days, but uh, this guy, he, he, you talk about sticking up for teammates. I mean, anybody on the ice gets anything inappropriately done to him. He drops the gloves, and it's just fisticuffs. Um, um, you know, he is certainly, uh, you know, coming off that knee injury, he's kind of slowed down his progress. Where do you think he's going to be? You think he's going to make the rankings this year? I think, uh, well, if you look at what they've got, um, I think he's got a he's got a shot to at least start the season as as a third pair, and and, and you got to do that with these guys, especially you know a twenty one year old like from McGrath. You, you can't just simply expect him to be. Picture perfect the moment he steps on his ice. That's why they call him growing pains. And I think McElrath, yeah, uh, he's, you know, if he doesn't make it as a ranger, I hope Vince McMahon signs him to become a WWE superstar. Man, he's a monster. He's, he's a, a monster. Do you know when he spreads his arms out wide, that's seven feet. I mean, can you yeah, imagine see, that? I mean, I, 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 when I met him, he, he, I mean, he had an incredible wingspan, but he, I'm sure he's a lot heavier. I met him like two or three years ago, so I'm sure he's put on some weight now. And I, I think he's going to be a good. I don't see him being a, a three or four, but I see him being a good NHL five or six, and giving the Rangers that toughness they need so badly. Uh, I'll tell you what, if, if he gets. If, if he could get that shot on net, oh man, uh, he's gonna he's gonna make people not want to block his shots. He's got a he's got a lead pipe for a shot, and I saw him I saw him you know just firing it in a game against Medicine Hat. Uh, it was like two years ago, and I was watching all these guys who at the beginning were willing to try to block his shot, but they were like. He kelped off the ice, carried off. Pretty soon, when the grass was going to shoot, there were guys just failing to get away from it. Uh, yeah, he, hopefully. He didn't get many points last year, but, uh, you know, listen, it's a learning process. The first pro season, you know, it takes a while. And as you know, the defensive curve for learning is a lot longer than a forwards. Uh, you know, it takes a while. It takes a while. I hope you keep saying that, Eddie. I really do because you know the the part of the reason you and I I love I love talking with you is the fact that you do understand the fact that you know you can't expect these kids the moment they're drafted to to just hey I'm ready you know there's right. nobody nobody could do that and, and and I think a lot of Ranger fans are are you know they. They expect everything overnight, and, you know, I know this isn't popular, but here's the truth. You're impatient. You, and you yeah, oh, I know. You, you know, we, we've got a bunch of young kids coming, but you got to get behind them. you got to support them, and you you got you to gotta give them a year or two, or in the case of McElrath's case, he's 21. Uh, you know, most defensemen don't start get understanding the game until they're 24, 25. And how best case, Ryan McDonough. How old is Ryan McDonough now? You know, right. He's 24. Everybody, yeah, you love everybody loves Ryan McDonough, but McDonough, he he works his way up to where he is. 
and, you know, same thing with Girardi, uh, and Stahl, uh, and, and that's all I'm saying, you know. No, I, I think just, with the – I, I learned my lesson early with the fencing, and I've said it on the show, and I'll say it to you. Uh, I was there in Hartford when Chris Pronger was a whaler, and his first year, I guess he was 18, whatever he was, and I was like, this guy is gawky, he's slow, I don't see why this guy was picked, and he turns out to be one of the, you know, one of the best defensemen to play the game. Yeah, oh. uh, and that's just, that's the thing, and... and... You know, it, we, we all want the Rangers to win, but we right. also got to, you know, we also got to realize that, just you know, you cannot buy a, a championship. I mean, history has shown that. Uh, if you haven't learned by now that the Rangers can't buy buy their way into a Stanley Cup, you never will. It, it takes a couple of years. It takes people learning the system, and I'll tell you where the breakdown came between Sather and he whose name you don't want me to say. And that was basically Glenn Sather, or I should say I should say Gordy Clark, was drafting guys for the Sather's death system. I mean, kids kids like Kreider, um, and, and I think the, 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 where everything fell apart was uh, his he who we don't say would not go to that Offensive attack. He had the speed. He had, he had Carl Hagman. He had Miller. He had, you know, Stepan. He had speed to work with. He needed to take the leashes off these players. And if he'd have done that, we'd be talking about, you know, hey, look how close we came to a cup, you know? Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I also appreciate that you're adhering to the rules of this broadcast and not mentioning that man. Well, no, I, I understand where you guys are coming from, and you know, and, and actually, I feel for you guys because you guys, you know, see, I can disappear, and I can watch the prospects and not care about the nonsense going on with the Rangers. But right, you know, I, I watch these kids, and you know, over a two to four year period, is you know, I talk to these kids on Twitter and on Facebook, and I go see them at the games, and you know, I. And I know what they're feeling. And I'll tell you what, the hardest, you know what, the hardest thing for me was when I did the interview with Josh Nichols and Shane McCogan. This was right after Nichols was signed. And I kind of knew McCogan wasn't going to get signed. But you don't want to say that to somebody because this is their dream. You know, we right. want, you're, you're 19 years old and you, you were drafted to the NHL, but the NHL doesn't want you. And that's what happened to McCogan. But you know what's even funnier is McCogan has been traded to the Portland Winterhawks, so he's he's over he's across the river from me now. Yeah, I know. I should see a lot of them. And you know, and I and I'll tell you what, write down Travis Green and Mike Johnson because down the road you're looking at a couple of NHL coaches, NHL GMs. Those guys built the Winterhawks up into a fantastic program out of the ashes, and I mean ashes. I mean, even the Islanders were never as bad as the Winterhawks were when Johnson took over. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. We're talking like 10 wins. <laughs> uh, that's, that's like Winnipeg bad from the 80s. Uh, well, Jess, I appreciate you as 
I mean, uh, Jim has left us. He had some other duties to do. I have no idea what they are. But on behalf of both of us, what do you think he's doing? He's not going to validate my parking again. Oh, no, he, he's you know he, he's like that. He just uh, he never comes through for you in the clubs. Actually, I think he's on the phone with John Mitchell trying to come back, get him to come hey, back. Uh, let me let me just say one thing to the guys in the chat room. You know, uh, they stop with the they stop with the John Mitchell. They're talking it's about not, you know, it's, right no, it's, it's, it's the you know um, the one thing that I've always advocated for the Rangers is. It's not how much money you spend, it's how well you spend it. John Mitchell would have been dirt cheap. John Mitchell, um, he fit in. And no, I wasn't expecting John Mitchell to be a first or second line player, but John Mitchell represented part of the heart and soul. You know, I mean, granted, he's like 10, 10% of what Brandon Prost offered. But by not keeping these two guys, that that took away part of the Ranger identity, and I think that's a mistake that Glenn Sather has to eat because he made those moves. I mean, when it came down to not having Brandon Press, which led to Marion Gabbard getting traded, that's on Sather. You know, the best he could get was spare spare parts from Columbus. That's on Sather. You know. And I agree with you. I, I mean, I, uh, you know, not so much on the John Mitchell, but the nuances of hockey escape Glenn Sather. Adding yeah. those pieces escape Glenn Sather. The big signing, the big cash guy, he can get them. But the nuances are what escape this man. Why? Why is he, you know, why Why are they keeping, you know, Brad Richards? I mean, uh, you know, you guys know more than I do, but... Uh, uh, to me, I look at it in terms of $6.67 million salary cap, you know, t- for a guy that didn't produce. And I I, I think they're hoping or praying that um, the Vigneault system will, will, you know, reignite with Richards. I think it's more the fact that Richards' body is betraying him. And it happens when you get to be that age. So... I hope they don't regret not waving him. Uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, Jess, we're running short of time, but we we thank you so much for coming by, stopping by, and and giving us the, the who's, the what's, the ifs, the buts, the candy and nuts, and the whole thing uh, thank going you, on with the end. Ranger Prospect. You know, and if anybody anybody in your chat room wants to, wants to talk to me about this, you know, I, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. Well, I'm, I'm more on Facebook than I'm on Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy to talk to people. Oh, I know, Jess. You're very accommodating and a, and a really good guy. And and listen, uh, uh, you know, you, you know, people are open for debate. And, and like you said, when you put yourself out there, yeah, listen, I know it on this show. I, yeah. I thought McDonough was going to sign for less, and then everybody's telling me, "Ah, oh, I told you so." He's he's getting, you know, for you, you put yourself out there, you. People want to come at you. That's the way it is. Enjoy your vacation. Stay away from all this nonsense. I'm going. I'm starting classes tomorrow in college. You go to college? Yeah, man. What are you going to study? I want to be a fitness trainer. Wait a minute. <laughs> all right. I have to save this for another show. Because yeah, I have I, to ask you. 
tell you what. Email me. Eddie, I'll tell you the whole story. <laughs> All right, Jess. Take care, my friend. Thank you, and thank you guys in, in the chat room. Okay. All right. Take care. Wow. Jess Rubenstein. I don't know. Love Jess, but uh, those painkillers must have been affecting his judgment. John Mitchell. That guy sucked. He was a power play specialist who didn't score power play goals. I, I mean, I know what he's saying. That they have other, they brought in other losers, but still, John Mitchell was a loser. I mean, maybe he said Eric Christensen, I could see. Maybe. And the Prust thing, we all know about Prust. Uh, yeah, uh, Mitchell, oh, well, yeah, Mitchell was good in the uh, the shootouts too, but Prust, he got a lot of years from Montreal, and he got. More money than I think he deserved. And he's always hurt. I mean, I love him. He's a heart and soul guy, but you're not going to find many guys like him. But if the Rangers would have signed him, I think a lot of the fan base would have been out oh, and paid too much for this guy. And what happened in Montreal? He wound up getting hurt in the playoffs. And, and uh, it's just, I love the guy and trust we trust, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to kill Sather for not doing that. The problem is he's never going to be able to find a guy like that again. You know, he got lucky in that trade. Anyway, we got some phone calls here, so I'm going to try to get to them real quick. If you're holding on when I go to you, uh, uh, just let tell me because uh, Jim's not here to run the switchboard, so it's going to be a I'm going to be flying by the seat of our co- uh, uh, coattails. Our coattails? Yeah, I think that's how it goes. Seven one eight two two five. You're on the air on Blue Shirt Underground Radio. Yes, Mouth, it's Stan. Stan? Stan, did you recently Stan the man, did you recently join our Facebook group? No, I'm not on Facebook. Oh, I'm not on anything. Well, yeah, that's good. You're on <laughs> vacation. You're on vacation too, because you're not the, I, I only I only because uh, some guy named Stan Phillips joined and I don't know, I didn't really think of you as a Phillips kind of guy and the guy had no profile picture, so I thought maybe you were just Joining the group to know when the shows are because Block Talk Radio sucks. So, yeah, they uh, always let me know three days later that uh, the show yeah, is on. I know. Uh, apparently, Tavis Smiley has taken over Block Talk. I don't know something. But anyway, wh- uh, what do you have to share with us tonight? Absolutely nothing. Great, <laughs> fantastic. No, uh, I was just uh, I you know saw that uh, Jess was on. I read his uh, Prospect Park thing, which I think is pretty good. You know. Yeah, uh, I think. The thing with Jess is, and, and I it was say a bit this. It's tedious to listen to, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, not everybody's built for radio. You know? I mean, listen, sometimes people are better writers. People, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know. listen, the budget isn't very high. And Jess is a good friend. He's been here. And I like to learn as much as possible, you know, even if it may put me to sleep. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, you got nothing to say? You got nothing to say about McDonough's signing? You're not happy about well, that? Well, that was excellent. excellent. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, they got him at a good price. I mean, they got him for less than uh, Clarkson uh, cost or close. Bad deal. Bad deal, Clarkson to Toronto. Uh, I'm glad that the Rangers uh, didn't have uh, enough money to make some of these free agent signs. But, you know, say they would have done something stupid. Exactly. I was glad they were hampered. Plus, the last two uh, 
you know, UFA, you know, rounds. I mean, the last two years, they got Richards and Nash. They got the biggest fish. So let them sit out this time. Is everybody going to get upset they didn't sign anybody? Uh, any opinions on Benoit Pouliot, Dominic Moore, or Artie Johnson? I mean, Aaron Johnson? Uh, look, well, Johnson's just, you know, he'll probably be in the minors in case somebody gets hurt. Pouliot, uh, I've never, I haven't seen him that much because I think he's always been playing out west or something. He's never obviously uh, developed, considering he's the fourth pick in uh, the draft one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, more, you know, these are, look the Rangers. The biggest problem they had the last few years was that they ran out of players, and you know that's when, if you remember, uh, uh, Tortorella had to play go down to five defensemen in the playoffs, and uh, they were you know, last year they couldn't get any scoring out of their third and fourth lines, so they need uh, some extra guys there. The only only concern I have right now as far as looking into next year, is there's not a lot of size up front. They could use right. a, a big guy or two. Now, it seems to me that they have a lot of players and not a lot of positions. Now, do you think, I think there's some kind of trade going to go on. I think Boyle and Pyatt and Powell, who, uh, Asham, and Asham, Asham and Powell were put on waivers while we were away uh, during since the last program, and, and they cleared waivers. Uh, you think a trade's imminent? I think it is. I think they need some spots there. I think if they make a deal, they're just going to get some picks. I mean, well, who, what's somebody going to give you for those guys? Oh, nothing. Yeah, so if you get a fourth-round pick, you'd be happy. I mean, uh, you know, I think Moore and Pouliot actually have a good chance of making the team, and I can't see there being room with, with these other Oh, no, they'll stuff. be on the team for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So that means that uh, Asham and Powell and, 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 and even could be Boyle could be out the door. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, okay, that's okay. We're all right. Uh, nothing else? Nothing else is uh, – uh, any comments on uh, others? Who do you think really got hosed in the uh, signings? I think he made some bad choices. Uh you know, it's not the players. It's uh, like like seven years for Clarkson. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, he's not a bad I mean, player, but how do you give a guy like that a seven-year contract? It's it's not like he's Wendell Clark, you know what I'm saying? And plus, long-term deals don't usually work out, as we found out. And a guy like him, they have a short window. You can only fight, score, and, uh, you know, be a power forward for, you know. The Ryan Clough deal was bad for the devil. I yeah, well, they had to replace Clarkson. Well, you know? A guy is coming off his worst year, Ryan Clough. Uh That was a horrendous deal by the Devils. Yeah, you see, McDonough, here he's 24, he gets six years. So that carries him to 30. You know, it's one thing to give a 24-year-old six, seven years, but it's another thing to give right. a 30-year-old uh, six to seven years. Exactly. <laughs> because, that, you know, at the, end of, at the back end of that deal, it's going to be a problem. All right, he'll be using a walker on ice. And, and, and with the uh, you know the current CBA, you're going to get hosed with if you got a big cap hit down there. That's the thing with Richards. That's why he, if he gets hurt this year, the Rangers are screwed. Well, I, I you know I think with Richards, I you know Jeff said that his body failed him. I mean, I just saw a lot of poor decision making out there. Maybe this is a reprieve. I give it a whirl. Uh, you know. There wasn't much out there UFA-wise. So, Broussard at center, Stepan at center, and uh, Richards at center. They got three 
three decent center icemen there. But uh, one thing I didn't get to when Jim was talking is that the Rangers, uh, in the interim, got Elf Samuelson and Scott O'Neill to be their assistant coaches with Vigno. Right. Now, Scott, Scott, I don't know if you heard this, but Scott O'Neill used to be the coach of Columbus. Right. And O'Neill was pretty bad coach there and has had fall, had a falling out. Well, actually, Broussard's agent had a falling out with uh, Scott O'Neill because he felt that O'Neill was using Broussard as a whipping boy, that uh, he never gave him a chance. And uh, so I, would, I found it a little bit strange that the Rangers brought in a guy that, you know. Well, you never know what the behind the scenes are or something like that. First of all, O'Neill, they had no players in Columbus. So, I mean, you can't blame a guy right. for not winning there. And as far as, you know, his relationship with a the player, there's no, unless you're in the, lot, in the clubhouse, you don't know uh, what that is because you hear all kinds of crazy stuff. Plus, I think I've heard that Scott O'Neill will be like the eye in the sky, won't be on the bench, but I'm not sure about that, so we'll we'll kind of keep our eye on that. Look, if Versailles playing like he did in the playoffs, I don't think he's going to be complaining about him. No. I I, I often wonder, do they consult the player like they say, we're going to bring Scott O'Neill in here, do you have any? They probably don't even give a shit. They're probably like, listen. You know, this is a management decision. You're going to have to deal with it. We're paying you a salary. Uh, well, actually, I think I saw this that uh, I think Gordy Clark might have said this, that they talked to Stepan about uh, Christo because he knows him from Minnesota. Right. He's like his best friend. Yeah. So uh, I think sometimes, especially if, if you're talking about a key player, they might uh, consult with them. Like, I mean, I'm sure they'd ask Hank about, you know, anything, like where to get a good suit or, uh, you know, fine <laughs> wine or something like that. Yeah. Uh. He's the guy to ask, right? But exactly. uh, yeah, well, I will say, you know, I'm look, like you said, I'm looking forward to uh, Traverse City in a couple months. Yeah, I, that's when I can evaluate and when I can see everything, uh, you know, what's going on. I like to see, uh, yeah, you hear from experts, and tomorrow we're going to have Russ Cohen on. Who, You're uh, back tomorrow? Yeah, we're doing three days. Oh my goodness! We got Russ Cohen on. He. Uh, He's uh works for XM Sirius, the hockey prospect show. And I can guarantee you he's gonna be uh engaging. And then on Wednesday we have another show with Leslie Treff from Hockey's Future and she uh you know, no no I'm not, you know, kind of uh giving a little shade to to Russ and trying to overshadow, but Leslie Treff really knows her stuff. Like she's there interviewing the Ranger prospects goes to the Traverse City every year. She knows, I mean, you know, I take a word, it's gospel. Yeah. And she'll go into details and everything. And not that Jess was bad. I mean, listen, Jess Jess is great, but if I have him talking about the Rangers, the current Ranger team, he he doesn't make any sense. No, he can't be saying John Mitchell is a key cog. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You keep him on prospects, okay. But if he starts talking about the Rangers are treading water, like he made that statement, I don't agree with it. I don't think the Rangers are treading water. I think they made a, you know, now that John Tortorella is gone, uh, you know, we can start to progress. So, we'll uh, see. Anything else, Stan? No, just keep me on. Okay. Uh, when, when's, are you ending in three minutes or are you staying on? Uh, we're going on? We're going off in three minutes. Jim has left the building. It's just me. Uh, uh, but we'll be on, remember, Tuesday at 8 and Wednesday at 8. All right. Very uh, good. If you don't get if you don't get the notices, uh, you know, don't worry about it. We'll be here. Okay. All right. Take care, Stan. Right. Thank good you. Night.
Great Stan from Bayside. Great guy. All right, I have two minutes to take a call. 516-754, you're on the air. What's up, boy? What's up, Eddie? It's Rock. How are you? Two minutes, and then we're going to go right. with the guest. So give me, give me some quick thoughts. Um, just listening to Jess, I, he's, uh, he's a ball of fire. But, uh, you know. Well, that's not what you were saying in the chat room, buddy. I mean, yeah. I you know, I mean, I'll tell you what it is. I've been going at it with him for years. Um, when he was writing for the Blue Shirt Bulletin, he is just enamored with Ranger prospects. He thinks every prospect's going to make the Rangers. He thinks that, you know, the prospects that are playing in, in, in juniors or in college are all better than the players that are playing for the Rangers now. Um, that's his mentality. And you know what? Kudos to him if he thinks that every Ranger prospect, is, you know, is, is, you know, this player that's going to make a big impact, you know, God bless. But, you know, I, I wish I could write down some of the prospects that he's, he's pumped up over the years that have, haven't panned out. But um, it is what it is. I mean, everybody has their thing. Um, like you and I love the European hockey player, which most people don't. That's our thing. I, I, I'm That's in love with thing. the Russians. I, I agree think with every you. Russian draft pick is great. And I'll tell you, when they told me that this Russian draft pick that, that they just got is reminiscent of Sharapanov, I, I, uh, I you know, got yeah. very excited when I heard that. So Yeah, me too. You know, I, I got a little uh, fluffage. I got a little fluffage. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just really quick on, on the free agency. I mean, you know, Sather, I think, did the right thing this year. He didn't give these guys two-year deals. I mean, that's what's burnt us in the past, is giving these unrestricted free agents long-term contracts. 